Hello, Wendy. Hello, Jane. Welcome to Love Letters, Life, and Other Conversations. Today's letter is from one of our faithful podcast listeners. So this is such, this is such a phenomenal letter. And I'm first of all, completely honored that she would share this beautiful story with us. And I'm so inspired by Mm -hmm. selfless actions that are demonstrated in this letter. So I hope that everybody has some takeaways from this um, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful read today. I think, Wendy, if you don't have takeaways, you'd have to look very closely at yourself. (laughs) Yes. And perhaps you weren't paying attention. Okay. So the letter starts. 2008 was a devastating year. Our most precious daughter was diagnosed with Rett syndrome, a life-limiting and cruel syndrome, which would come to rob her of her voice, her mobility, purposeful hand use, ability to chew and swallow. It would bring epilepsy, scoliosis, motility problems, apraxia, and the list goes on. Then in the depths of our despair, when we thought it could not possibly get any worse, my husband's beloved father passed away very quickly from an aggressive cancer. Finally, we lost our home and everything we owned when the global financial crisis decimated our business. Our world fell out from underneath our feet and our marriage did not survive. We separated. Four months on, the blows had softened and we began to see a slither of light through an open crack in the door. We both loved each other deeply and wanted to be together. And so on Christmas day, 2008, we reconciled but not without great difficulty. During the four months apart, regrettably, we both pursued other relationships. This created a very deep wound that would be challenging to heal if we were to move forward in our marriage. So had to find ways in which we could both heal this hurt and provide a source of daily comfort to each other to regain our love, trust, and intimacy. We did three things. First was to create a sacred space for just the two of us our bedroom, a place where the children couldn't play, and that was respected as just ours. Having three children, it was often difficult to find a space that was sacredly ours. We decorated our bedroom with beautiful photos and mementos from our marriage. We bought the most beautiful new linen we could afford and scented candles to light in the evening. And this is where we kept our love letter journal. The second thing we did was read the book, Just Do It by Douglas Brown. It was a crazy and harebrained scheme, but we committed to make love every single day for 101 days, just like in the book. I know. (laughs) I know what you're thinking. And yes, a weekend, we were both wondered, what the hell were we thinking? But it was fun. It was definitely challenging and really, really difficult for both of us. But most of all, it taught us an enormous amount about ourselves each other and lovemaking. 
We did not make it through to 101 days, but we made it to 57 days. The third and final thing we did was to start a love letter journal. We wanted to show gratitude for each other, and we both needed to be reminded on a regular basis during this healing period that we were loved, wanted, appreciated, and forgiven. The letter writer leaves the journal on the pillow of the recipient for them to discover upon their arrival into the bedroom, the love den. They hold possession of the journal until they reciprocate with a love letter. This proved to be one of the most profound things we have ever done, and it has most certainly helped to heal our marriage. In two weeks' time, we will have been married for 22 years. We have been together for 28. How do you even? <laughs> I don't know where to start, and then I don't know where I'll stop. I want to start with the fallout from infidelity. And when you think of the fallout of infidelity, you often think of the betrayer and the betrayed, but both, and I'm going to use her real name because she said that I should, Trish, who was in my very, very first Follow Your Dreams workshop, and her husband were both the betrayer and the betrayed, inextricably linked, both of them absolutely guilt-ridden as the betrayed and also as the betrayer, usually one is the betrayed and one is the betrayer. You know, we all know how disastrous. I mean, I don't know because I've never been the betrayer or the betrayed. Well, I certainly hope that um, <laughs> no one thinks of me that way, but it's pretty disastrous in a relationship, right? Yes. Yes. I have been betrayed. I know you have. And so you understand that. And the betrayer? Uh, have I been a betrayer? Not in a marriage. No. Mm -mm. I have never, in a sexual sense, betrayed anyone. I mean, I remember back to the boyfriend at college. Gosh, I hope he's not listening. Um, <laughs> Thank you for your support, kind sir. <laughs> Anyway, I mean, I thought I was going to marry him. Yep. I was absolutely convinced of it. We talked about it. And then he went to Queensland and he cheated on me with a girl who was a year below us at college. And that was it for me. It's funny, actually. I was just talking about it in the last week. A friend asked me, well, tell me what happened. And I said, well, he cheated on me. And that was it. Were we engaged? No. Were we married? No. Were we betrothed? No. Were we committed? I thought so. Right. Once he did that, I knew I could never, ever trust him again, ever. And I was not willing to live my life with a cheater. That's fascinating. And as you tell that story, I recall... Mm -hmm. Many, many times in relationships prior to being married that my boyfriend cheated on me. Oh. And <clears throat> it's really interesting because when that did happen in my first marriage, by that time, holy smokes, it was such a relief. Like, oh, good. Now I can finally get out of here. Because <laughs> this nonsense, six holy months. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. 
So not to go on a rabbit hole totally away from this beautiful letter, but you know, it's, it's interesting how sometimes that's devastating and sometimes it's like, okay, and yeah. scene. I'm and, and I think, no, I think it's relevant, Wendy, because what we're really saying is, oh my giddy aunt, what Eve and her husband, Aka, Trish, mm-hmm. actually found was that the two of them had, well, really, they'd separated. So had they committed adultery? No. If you ask but Ross and Rachel, they were on a break. They were on a break <laughs> like Ross and Rachel. <laughs> I love that you brought that up. But then what they did, right. what they did. Right? Well, and I think there's one more point that I would like to make just before they got past this is you made a decision Many people make this decision. I'm sure I Mm -hmm. made this decision as well. As a younger person, yes, someone cheats on me, that is it. Like, I don't care who you are. I don't care who she is, he is, they are, whatever. Mm -hmm. It does, Mm -hmm. like, that's my line in the sand. That's it. It is not. That's it. And like many lines in the sand drawn as a young person, Mm -hmm. maturity, life experience, Mm -hmm. grace, new information comes. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the fact that those might have been lines that they drew in the sand as younger people as well. But I love that they were able to reframe the situation in a way that allowed them to abandon their former lines in the sand to Mm -hmm. do this beautiful restorative thing for both of them. It's such an inspiration and it's such a gorgeous reminder for me of there are some things that need reevaluation. There are some things that don't change. And then there are some things that I'm going to need to take into consideration all of the players and what has happened and what is happening and who mm-hmm. I am and who I am becoming before I decide that, you know, this is just the way it's always been and this is the way it shall be. So, I, I, so I'm calling it dual infidelity. Yes. Dual infidelity. And, and I guess the thing with these two, they immediately and fully confessed their actions of what had happened in the four months uh, that they were apart and they took full responsibility for their choices and I think if we discussed it with Eve and maybe we could oh I would love to I, I, she, I, I think she would love to oh my gosh they took full accountability for their choices without blaming the other partner and let's never forget it was dual infidelity and all of these, I mean, talk about kick me while I'm down. They've had like the worst oh year I mean, ever. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. they're they're actually both incredible, remarkable, inspiring people. Oh, to not. And, I mean, and let me tell you, I have spent many many hours with this particular Eve, and she is an incredible human being. That one can learn a lot from. 
Um, I already have. The fact that they both, and of course, we aren't privy to everything in this letter, just the highlights, which is be- which are beautiful, to, to decide to be together, yeah. to honor that love that they have, yep. not only with this new piece of information of infidelity, but yeah. also to step back into we still don't have a business. We still don't have a home. We mm. still have. A and, and we have a daughter yes. with rents. Right. Who... And we've lost a loved one. It's, I mean, it's all, it's so much to even desire to get back into that pool. Right. Really remarkable. Yeah. You know, I, I often look at this particular Eve and, and she comes up in my thoughts a lot because she really made an impact on me. And I remember that she said to me that I recognise and sincerely feel that I have also betrayed my integrity, who I am as a person by what I did in those four months. You know, I was blown away by the, by the things that she told me back then. I mean, I can tell you that she was the most of all the people that ever did the follow your dreams workshop, which was that what, you know, it's that workshop that I do from the Medici fountain in Paris. Yes. The very first one that I did was from Captain Cook's cottage in the Fitzroy gardens in Melbourne, because that's where I came up with the idea. Trish met me there and I was so astounded by her frankness and by her ability to articulate this betrayal, betrayal and being the betrayed and everything that had happened to their family. There was no cover-up. Right. There was no confronted partner. They were both confronted partners. Whatever affairs took place in the four months that they were apart, uh, she was willing to discuss the lot but most of all, she was willing to discuss Lily, which is their youngest daughter. Mm. And what happens during a Follow You Dreams workshop, and I'll, I, and I'll take you through what happens in Paris because it's far more um, romantic than <laughs> Melbourne, downtown Melbourne. So we start at the Matici Fountain which you, you know about because you sent me beautiful Lena's sketch from the Medici Fountain for Christmas, which I love and adore. I'm so glad. And Lena is arriving tomorrow morning to oh do my the first um, sketching and watercolour workshop. I saw what she I'm did so at the about. Chateau. It's gorgeous. Uh, wasn't that beautiful? Yes. So we would meet at the Medici Fountain and I would explain to the to the group, which was never any more than three people. And Trish was in a group of three when we met at Captain Cook's Cottage. And uh, what I say to them is we're at the Medici Fountain. This is where a part of Tuscany was created for the Queen of France because here she was um, entrenched in another culture, in another country, and she just wanted a snippet of home. She wanted a tiny snippet of home where she could feel comfortable. And what we're going to do now is do a a meditative walk through the Luxembourg Gardens. And we're going to make our way to Le Domago. And when we get to Le Domago, I'm going to order us Grand Café Cremes and omelette. And then you girls are going to tell me what it is that you're chasing. 
what it is that you want. Beautiful. What is your dream? And we got there and Trish said to me, she said, I want to do what you do. And I said, okay. And she said, but I want to do it in Italy. I said, okay. I said, you know, it will become clearer as the day goes on. So we talk about what skills you might need, how you might go about doing that, all of those sorts of questions. And then we then walked on to the orangery. And I explained to everyone that the reason we were going to the orangery was so that we could look at the paintings that Hemingway looked at on a daily basis that he used for his muse on a daily basis before he sat down at one of his favourite restaurants and wrote for the rest of the day. We did that and then we would walk through the Turilis from the um, orangery to the Crayon where I would order mint tisane and we would then go into mind mapping, which, of course, you've done with me. Right. Mind mapping being, okay, I want you to go back to your earliest childhood memory and tell me and doodle and sketch and write and do whatever you want. But on this piece of paper, show us what you loved and what you could do all day and what gave you absolute joy that you could do all day and never tire of. Mm, Beautiful. I remember the first three girls, Trish Eve was in the first (laughs) group. And at the end of about 50 minutes, we all came back together. And she said, Jane, can I please go first? And I said, absolutely, go first. What would you like to tell us? And she said, well, you said to me when we were back at Le Domago, it wasn't Le Domago, but I'm saying Le Domago because that's where I do it now. I don't do it in Melbourne that it would all become clear. And she said it has all become clear. And she turned around her mind map. And in the centre of her mind map, it said Lily's place. What had come through, through the mind mapping and the, and the thoughts of what could I do all day long that I am good at, that I have the skills for, that I get complete joy from, was the same as me, hospitality, hosting, being with people, talking with people, all of that. Right. But all of a sudden it became very clear to her that it was for Lily Mm. and it was for other families that had a child with a condition like Lily that they could buy a villa in Italy and they Mm. could do, like I was doing at the time, the French table, week long. We, We decided it would need to be two weeks long and she would absolutely only uniquely host families with children that had very, very special needs. That is so beautiful. And I love, I mean, I I love that entire story, but how amazing these people, okay. I need to be friends with her, first of all, because she's remarkable. I already do. You and I would have the best champagne afternoon. Yes, we would. She is a truly remarkable woman. Yes. And to take this whole just year of suck and instead of complaining or blaming or 
shaking her fist at the heavens, she says, how can I be of service? How can I, how can I, turn, be how can I turn this into something? Because anyone that comes to two weeks to her villa, and if she has that already, we will definitely link that in the show notes so people mm-hmm. can know about it and support her. But there is no one that's going to go to those two weeks that thinks that they, that it's just that they have it worse than everybody else because she totally wins the prize of having this Mm -hmm. just awful after awful after awful. And Mm -hmm. then to turn it into this beautiful, gorgeous thing. And I mean, she's, she's phenomenal. We've, we agree on that, but Adam, her husband, since she's Eve, that makes him (laughs) Adam. Um, what a guy. Like, yay for him that he was just as committed to do the work, that he was just as committed to help decorate their bedroom and not roll his eyes at her and Mm -hmm. read the book. Like, of course, I mean, I don't know a husband that's not. I mean, the written word is a huge thing. Right. Like if he's probably was down for the let's have sex for 101 days, like, okay. So like maybe that one was his idea, but the fact that he didn't discount the love journal and the rules and how you write on it. And then you put it on, there's just all of this beautiful mm-hmm. methodology and pageantry mm-hmm. to it that is mm-hmm. so beautiful. And I've seen them together. They've been married now for 22 years. They were just about when she sent this to us a couple months ago, they were just about to go celebrate their anniversary. And I saw pictures on Instagram and she's a hottie and he can't keep his hands off of her. And I love it. I love it for them. Mm -hmm. I love Mm -hmm. it that they don't keep it to themselves and that they are this beautiful beacon of hope and encouragement and intimacy and love Mm -hmm. out loud. It's just- And the fact that she wrote the letter and said, please use it. Yeah, and you can use my name. Let's let's face it, you and I have to get a little further down the track before we could come even close to- to looking at this letter oh yeah oh yeah no you know. she's she's leaps and bounds ahead oh. yeah and mm-hmm. she's a total queen and i'm i'm inspired i know right i know and that's the thing it's like if when both people like if both people did the bad thing and then both people were committed to do the good thing and it's you can't stop it so exactly. beautiful Exactly. I feel like there is a lot more that we need to discuss about Eve's letter. There always is. Yeah. And I think that maybe we could, I think maybe we should even ask Eve to join us. What do you think? I would love that. I would love that. I have some questions for her. I have so many questions for her. I think that it would be really interesting. And I know the beauty of our particular little podcast is that all we do is have a little conversation. It's not edited and we can just do it. And I love that about it. But I also know that Eve would be up for it. Shall we ask her to join us? Yes, we should. And see if she will join us next week. And 
go down some rabbit holes on, you know, some of the specific stuff. Right. We don't want to know too many details about the 101 days, (laughs) but um, maybe a few. Sure. Hey, she, she doesn't seem to be wanting to keep any of this goodness to herself. And no, I, I think her she, generosity. I think very, I think she's very, very generous, and she's yes. very keen to share. Yes, and I wonder if that comes from a place of trauma. I mean, the fact that they have had to deal with so much—the breakdown of the marriage, the the um, absolute combustion of their business, mm-hmm. and then the horror of Lily's diagnosis. It was. It was bam, bam, bam. It, yep. you know, who who has that sort of horror in their life? Surprisingly, probably a lot of people. Yeah. But I don't I'm, know how many emerged this spectacular. Yeah. This has been an amazing conversation and I'm thrilled amazing. that we're going to continue it. Thank you so much, Jane. I'm going to send Eve an email tonight. Please do. I can't wait till next time. I will see you Neither then. Can I. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We have loved this conversation and sharing this love letter with you. And we would like to invite you to send us your love letters. Visit the link in the show notes to send us your letters and to join our email list. See you next week.